Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, the eternal Word, Jesus. How are we to regard Jesus Christ? Are we simply to admire Him as the best of men, or may He also be worshipped and trusted as God incarnate? Does it really matter what we think of Him or how we regard Him? It is with these great questions that the Gospel of John is continually concerned. In the first 18 verses, John sums up his entire thesis. This is known as the prologue to his account of the ministry of Jesus the Messiah. The whole truth of what John regarded Jesus Christ to be is found in these verses. They are profound and the depths of which have never been plumbed. Yet they are simple and essential declarations concerning the person and the work of Jesus the Messiah. The whole argument is compacted in three verses, verse 1, verse 14, and verse 18. The first three verses are primarily concerned with the relation of Christ to time and to the triune Godhead and to creation. It reads, In the beginning was the Word, in Greek, the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. John thus affirms that Jesus Christ is the eternal word, the uncreated word. We know that the word is Jesus because John deals with the historicity of Jesus Christ in his gospel. In verse 14, John tells us the word the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. Now notice the essential teaching of these first three verses. The first statement is that Jesus existed in the beginning. What beginning? The beginning of time, of creation itself. John is saying that you can go back as far as possible, and whenever the beginning began, the word was. In other words, Jesus Christ is pre-existent. If he was in the beginning, then he was himself without beginning. And if all things that came into being came in through his action, he therefore is the creator, the uncreated one. This is another way of saying that he is eternal. Jesus of Nazareth was born of Mary in Bethlehem of Judea some 2,000 years ago. John is saying in verse 14 in the following account of his life that this is not the beginning of his existence. Rather, we must understand that he has always existed. On that day, the day of his conception followed by his birth of Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. He took up a new mode of of existence, but he remained the eternal Word. The Word, the Son, or the Logos, added humanity to his eternal person and was born a male human from Mary. The author of Hebrews echoes this same truth in his opening remarks in Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. It reads, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, 
in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. He is the radiance of his glory in the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Paul wrote that Jesus, before he became a man, was in the form of God and was God's equal, Philippians chapter 2. Jesus himself declared, I am the Alpha and the Omega, in Revelation chapter 1, the first and the last of letters of the Greek alphabet, so he is the first and the last. There's a very interesting word used to describe Jesus in John's gospel. It is the word. Word itself, which is logos in Greek. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the logos. Now, this noun has both Greek and Hebrew ideas behind it. The term means, first of all, speech, and second, the thought behind the utterance. The Hebrew idea is found in a verse from Proverbs, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. God was the original thinker. All things came into being by his creative word. So John is saying Jesus is God's speech or discourse to mankind. He is the speech of God. He is God's final spokesman, the one who spells out deity, the one who utters in his person, in his work, and in his teaching all that God has to say to us. And the Word, as the Word, he makes manifest or visible the invisible God. And he communicates to us the life and love of God. In Jesus Christ, God is fully and finally revealed. In John's Gospel narrative, the term word or logos becomes a technical term for the second person of the eternal triune Godhead. He is the word of revelation and he is the word of salvation. There is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. The second thing John says is that Jesus Christ, that is the Messiah, Jesus, the Word, was with God. This is an affirmation of the separate personality of Jesus. The Word was and is continuously with God. The Greek preposition use is that pros, meaning towards or face to face. In other words, he was in the closest possible connection with God the Father and the Spirit from all eternity. There's a differentiation between the two. The Son, or the Word, and the Father eternally existed together in a living and a constant relationship of fellowship, of love. There are two equal personalities mentioned in this verse within the one eternal, infinite being of God. Before time began, the Word, the Logos, was with God, face to face with the Father, in an eternal fellowship of love. The third affirmation is that Jesus, the Word, is fully divine. For the Word was God, or literally, in the Greek, and God was the Word. Who could express God but God himself? The word is not an emanation of God, but God himself made manifest. God himself revealed. This is a clear and emphatic declaration of the absolute deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are not two gods, nor three gods, 
but one own one eternal Yahweh, Jehovah God. Yet they are separate and distinct personalities within God's infinite being. Jesus Christ is the Word. As such, he is one with the very being and mind of God. He also is the expression of the intelligence and will and power of God. As to his person, he is identified with God. As to his office, his work, he is to reveal God. There's a fourth thing that John says about the word here, and that is that the word is the agent of the Father in creation. All things were made by him. The Bible does not say the word was created first and that he created all other things. No, the word eternally was and the word created everything that is created. Nothing has been created that was not created by him. He is not a created being. He is the creator. Here creation is ascribed to him and none but God can create from nothing. And that's what God did. In Genesis 1, and God said, and there was light, and God said, and whatever God said came to pass. Moreover, he is the fountain of life, and by him all things are continuously upheld. That's found in verses 4 and 5. So in these first five verses, John tells us about Jesus the Christ, that he is eternal and therefore preexisted. He is a personality and distinction from the Father, and yet he is fully God, so much so that he is the creator, and he continues to be the source of all life. So what does all this mean to you? What does it matter to say that Jesus Christ is God, the eternal word? First of all, it means that you can only know the truth about God by knowing Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus, the Word, we do not know what God is like. There is no knowledge of God apart from a knowledge of the Lord Jesus, and that knowledge is communicated to us by means of the Holy Spirit through the prophetic and apostolic word of witness to the revelation of the Son recorded in the Bible. Philip asked this question for all ages on that night in which Jesus was betrayed. Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered him, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, John 14. Jesus is the revelation. He is the telling forth of the invisible God. There's a second truth. Jesus Christ is God, and that means God was always like Jesus. He reveals God to us from the Father's very bosom. He tells forth the heart of God. In him we see the eternal and unchangeable love of God for sinners, so much so that the Son became incarnate to make an atonement for our sin. One last application, and there are many more because this is an inexhaustible topic. Jesus Christ is able to satisfy your longings, your deepest longings. He is, as the infinite God, able to meet all the needs of your heart. Oh, that you and I might come to know the length and breadth, the depth and the height of the love of God and have our lives filled 
with the fullness of God. So let me ask you the question. What do you think of Jesus Christ? Who is he? Can you make that earth-shattering confession with Thomas of old? My Lord and my God. To believe that. To truly and honestly believe and thus yield to him your total allegiance is to enter into eternal life and the joys of salvation. John 17:3 relates these words from the lips of Jesus spoken to his Father in prayer. This is life eternal, to know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus is the eternal word, the Lord of glory himself. Amen. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. Remember, Jesus, the eternal word.